there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for Coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome to another episode of Time for Coffee. So glad you press play. If you've ever wondered what it's like to be a judge, other than watching Judge Judy or an episode of Law and Order, then you are gonna love my next guest. But before I introduce her, if you haven't already signed up for the Java Junkies Journal, that's the weekly newsletter that gives you an inside look at the guests we'll be featuring that week on T4C, head on over to the Time for Coffee website at time the number four coffee.org and sign up right now. And while you're there, grab a mug and take a chug of your favorite caffeinated beverage because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. Because my guest today is Judge Julie Breslau, who was appointed as a magistrate judge for the Superior Court of the District of Columbia in 2002 and has been assigned to a child welfare calendar her entire time on the bench. Judge Breslau's caseload consists of neglect cases and any other family court cases which involve the families in that caseload, including adoptions, guardianships, juvenile delinquency matters, and domestic relations cases. Judge Julie Breslau, welcome to Time for Coffee. Thank you. Are you caffeinated and ready to go? I am. I am caffeinated. With your ginger tea. It's very tasty. Okay, fantastic. Julie, it is such a pleasure to have you here. We should also say that Julie is a friend and I am so excited to get this opportunity because I need to learn more (laughs) about what you do. Thank you. We are going to jump right in. To the Time for Coffee Espresso Shots, which for our Java junkies are 10 questions that help all young people get a better understanding of what the kind of jobs are that are available to them right out of school, the skills and the life experiences and whatnot that are most useful to them. And the first question, Julie, is what entry-level jobs are available to young people who want to get into the world of judgeship? Well, I think the first thing to think about is that to remember that the courthouse is a really big place and it's not just judges who work there, that there's a lot of people who work behind the scenes so that we can do what we need to do in the courtroom. So obviously, if you want to be a judge and you're already a lawyer, there's certain things you can do. Um, You can try and become a law clerk for a judge. You can get internships while you're in law school. You can do clinics while you're in law school so that you can uh, learn how to present cases in court. You can take practicum classes in law school. But uh, I think the main thing for young lawyers who think they might want to be judges is to definitely try and become a judge's law clerk, because that really gives you a chance to be one-on-one with the judge. And that's a terrific experience. But also, if you're a college student, there's things you can do if you think you might, A, want to be a lawyer and B, maybe be a judge someday. And you can work in the clerks. We have different clerks offices and they 
prepare cases and make sure that cases are ready to be heard by judges. And a lot of our courtroom clerks are college graduates, and some of them go on to law school. And we even had one person who's now a senior judge, which means he's retired. He started as a courtroom clerk and then went to law school and then practiced law. And then I think he actually clerked for a judge and then practiced law in a firm and then became a judge. So that's a great career ladder. So I always remind college graduates about the courtroom clerk jobs, because I think that's a great way to see what happens in court. Absolutely. What about a useful skill or skills that you look for in the people that you hire? And actually, I'm not even sure, like, what are the roles that you fill in your courtroom? So I do not hire my courtroom clerk. That's a function that's handled by the clerk's office. But I do hire a law clerk. So that's typically a young lawyer, usually a recent graduate who is uh, looking to clerk for a year or two. And I also, from time to time, hire a judicial administrative assistant, like a secretary that I share with a number of other people. I would say the number one skill that I look for in any of those roles is good organizational skills because we're a very high volume court and I don't tolerate disorganization all that well. I'm a pretty organized person. I need people around me to be organized. And I have this constant fear of becoming disorganized. So I want organized people around me. And I also, good writing is really critical. I do most of my own writing, but I need editors. Sometimes the law clerk will draft things for me and then I edit his or her work. But I really need people to look at my writing and make sure that what I'm writing is okay and accomplishing what I need to accomplish. So good writing skills, good organizational skills, and then good people skills because they do interact with the public quite a bit. People have a problem. They come to the courthouse for something. They rarely come because things are going well in their lives. They usually have something rotten going on, whether it's a family problem or a financial problem or a criminal problem. But when they interact with my law clerk, my judicial administrative assistant, they're not usually calling because things are good. They're usually calling because there's a problem. And and the ability to kind of de-escalate someone and figure out what is exactly the problem and, you know, can I assist you is really helpful. Julie, the next question is, I'm sure, a pretty straightforward one. And that is, is someone's major a deciding factor to get into this profession? So you have to be a lawyer if you want to be a law clerk. So so no, I mean, you have to have your, your JD, your Juris Doctorate. Some people do specialize in certain things in law school, but there's not a tremendous room for specialization in three years. So I think basically just get your law degree. That's pretty straightforward. Are there any other advanced degrees that are useful as you move up the ladder? Some lawyers get LLMs, which is kind of like a master's in law after their Juris Doctorate. I don't know too many that have done it. It's not terribly necessary, I think. Usually it's in things like tax or something very technical. So no, I think your law degree is just fine. What about life experiences? What in your personal experience have you found to be the most useful ones for someone who's starting out in this field? Problem solving ability is really critical and the ability to kind of think creatively and broadly about a problem the ability to see both sides or however many sides there are, often more than two sides, the ability to sort of think freely and not be wedded to one particular result when you're going into a problem, just the ability to think in an open-minded way. And once you've considered all the different pieces, the ability to make a decision and advocate for one thing or another. 
the ability to listen to people is really critical. So if you do have any kind of preconceived notions, or if you had a similar case in the past, and you think that this new case is going to go the same way, the ability to recognize that maybe it's a little bit different. But I I think that it's really critical for people coming in front of a judge to feel that they're being heard. Even if you don't rule in their favor, you want them to walk out feeling like, well, I might not have gotten what I wanted, but at least the judge heard me. So the ability just to sort of listen. And how do you think that a young person who's in college right now can start cultivating that skill? I think there's a number of different things you could do in college debate club, Model UN, theater, a lot more fun than debate club and Model UN. I was a big theater person in uh, both my childhood and teenager years and college. And I think that was really good for helping me feel comfortable speaking, helping me feel comfortable having people look at me when I'm talking, which is, you know, sometimes can be feel a little strange and just helps you maintaining your composure and thinking on your feet. But also things like moot court when you're in law school. That's also really helpful. What is the best part for you about being a judge? I like when a really good advocate is able to make me see a side of a factual situation or a case that I never would have thought of myself. So someone who's really able to surprise me with their legal argument. I like the feeling of solving problems or at least having people walk out of the courtroom in a little bit better shape than when they walked in. So that's really personally gratifying. And I really like that. Uh, In family court, I really like talking to the kids. That's just fun. It can be sad. It can be kind of gut-wrenching sometimes. But a lot of times it's just fun and I enjoy it. I even like the teenagers, believe it or not. I think they're fascinating. Sometimes. Somebody's got to. <laughs> Somebody's got to. And, you know, I, I'm not saying they're always doing what I need them to be doing in their cases, but there are, I really do enjoy their perspective. I'm teasing. I love teenagers. <laughs> I really do, including my own. What about the flip side for you, Julie? What part of being a judge in the family court setting sucks? I think the the poverty that most of the people that I see are living in is really pretty crushing. That's hard to watch day after day. That's hard. So that's that can be really hard. So, you know, being in a, a city that is rapidly gentrifying but still has tremendous areas of, of deep entrenched generational poverty and seeing people kind of facing those problems generation after generation, that's really hard. We should tell Java Junkies, I should have said this at the outset, that you're in the District of Columbia here in Washington, D.C., and a lot of the families that you're seeing are either at the poverty level or below the poverty level. below the poverty line. And not everybody, but many are. I would say most are. What is the best career advice you've ever gotten? So I think it's okay to change your mind about things. And that I thought a lot about what I would say if you asked me that. And I remembered a situation back when I was a practice, a very young practicing trial attorney, and a judge made a ruling and then maybe a day or so later issued a complete reversal of her own ruling. Apropos of nothing, there was no motion pending to review her decision or anything like that. And she explained why she did it. And it actually made really good sense. And in addition to now agreeing with the ruling that she made, I also was completely impressed that she was able to say, you know what, I thought about it, I made the wrong decision before some appellate court reverses me, I'm going to reverse myself. And that she just changed her ruling. And that 
made me see it's okay to change your mind. It's important to be able to have finality to your decisions, but it's okay to be able to change your mind if the circumstances warrant it. That takes a lot of courage. Yeah. Yeah. What movies, Julie, do you think movies or Netflix shows or, you know, whatever the popular culture medium would be, including works of fiction, do you think accurately depict your profession? And is it law and order? It is not law and order, although I do enjoy a good episode now and then, especially special victims unit. No, none. It's terrible to say. I I don't like legal shows, legal movies, or legal books. And I'm a big fiction reader. And in pop fiction, right now, for some reason, there seems to be a lot of books that deal with adoption and things like that. And I pick them up because they're on the bestseller list or everyone's reading them or people are talking about them and then I'm just picking them apart. So no, <laughs> very few. Okay. Well, there you go. I'm never watching Law & Order again. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. I love it. So final espresso shop. What would Java junkies be surprised to learn about being a judge? We don't know everything. I guess some lawyers would would recognize that we definitely don't know everything, but we don't know everything. You don't have to know everything about the area of law over which you're presiding in order to do a good job. You have to be willing to listen. You have to be willing to learn. You have to be willing to recognize when you don't know what you're doing. So I think that's one thing. And then I think the other the other thing that's important is that judges do get reversed. Trial court judges will get reversed by appellate judges from time to time. That's certainly not something I ever thought about when I was a practicing lawyer. But it is a really hard thing to stomach when you've made a decision and someone else comes and looks at it and explains the many reasons why it was the wrong decision. And so that can be a blow to the pride, but it can also be a learning experience. And sometimes you realize wow, I actually was wrong and now I've learned something. So the advice I always give to new judges is it's going to happen. And sometimes it's going to feel terrible. And then you just have to suck it up and keep going. And other times it's going to be, you'll learn something from it. And then sometimes you get affirmed and that's completely awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Julie, thank you so much for making time for coffee and ginger tea with me today and with the Java Junkie community. I definitely learned something. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee. 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.